Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. There are all of these little things that go on in our life that we just shrug off as a coincidence, but they're not a coincidence. They're actually things that happen to us. And and if you're present in a moment, you go, okay, this is somebody giving me a wedgie and saying cosmically, pay attention to this, it matters. So I think we all have loads of those moments throughout our lives. The question is whether you're present in the moment, whether you're attuned to them, and whether you can then take those and actually make something useful out of it to propel you forward like a butterfly. Can I get it? Oh, yeah. What's up, Enterprisers? Welcome to the Enterprise Now podcast, where we educate, motivate, inspire, and transform business owners and entrepreneurs into success. That is what we do. We help folks launch, grow, and maximize. In this episode, I talk with David Saltzman, a fellow podcaster and host of Shift Shapers, which showcases the insurance industry leaders transforming their business models. We talk about marketing, mindset, and sales, as well as difficult life experiences and how they shape you. Here's my conversation with David Saltzman. All right, David. Can I get an oh yeah? Oh yeah. Wow, that was a quite different oh yeah than the ones that I've gotten before. So thank you for that. (laughs) Well, I go for different. If everybody's the same, it's boring, right? Got it. So the first thing that I always like to do every single time, David, is to thank you for taking the time out to talk with us. I know you have about 100 things that you could be doing right now, but you're here talking with me. So thank you. It's my pleasure, Elsie. Thanks for inviting me. The second thing that I like to do is to ask you to tell us about yourself. Now, David, when I say that, feel free to go all the way back to day number one, or you can start more current day. Tell us about yourself. Well, as somebody said, although it's been widely rumored otherwise, I did begin my life as a child, but I've been in the insurance industry now for more than 37 years. I have done pretty much everything because I've been fortunate to have a lot of folks who are willing to take time and teach me. I've been on the carrier side. I've run a third-party administrator. I was in personal commission. If we don't sell it, the kids get skinny mode for the first 16 years of my career. And now I spend my time doing marketing and business development, which is my passion. Got it. So take us on that journey a little bit. How did you even get started in the insurance business? Well, the year was 1979, and I was involved in a family business manufacturing wearing apparel offshore in a lovely country with wonderful people called El Salvador. And one day, some otherwise fine gentlemen with automatic weapons came into our machine, our sewing machine factory with about 350 machines and about 500 employees and took the company over in the name of the revolution. 
those of you who are around back then or who are students of history will remember that there was an awful lot of turmoil going on in Central and South America in those times. And it took me about two years to negotiate the work in process out of there into another factory. And once that was done, I decided there had to be something slightly safer than what I was doing. And a friend of mine said, hey, we need people. This was with a great company that's now since morphed into a few different things called State Mutual Life out of Worcester, Mass. And we were in Coral Gables, Florida. And Pete Suda, rest his soul, was the fellow who was my insurance agent who said, you'd be really good at this. And I did what everybody else does when somebody says, you should be in the insurance business. I hid under the desk and stopped taking phone calls. But eventually, it seemed like a really great career move. And so I made it and I've never looked back. So you just kind of glossed over the fact that you were running a business and it was taken over by armed revolutionaries. That's kind of a big thing. Like, how does that affect you? Like, I can't even imagine going through something like that. What affected me in a number of ways, I mean, professionally, obviously, it was clear that while there's loads to be said for being out of the country and seeing how other people live, and that's broadening, and I think everybody should do it, running a business offshore has certain perils. Additionally, by the time this happened to us, there were only really two major American manufacturers down there, ourselves and Bosch and Loam. And the State Department said, hey, you know, if anything happens, we'll be right there with you. We'll help you and whatever. And when this happened, we couldn't find those cats. So as a 20-something-year-old guy, it taught me an awful lot about the realities of politics and business and how those intertwine and whatnot. And I mean, it was a great education, especially being able to work with the people down there. I repeat what I said at the open, the nicest human beings, one of some of the, the nicest folks I've ever met. But it was just one of those things that happened. We knew there was the potential for risk, but we didn't think we were at risk. Of course, I don't think anybody does until it happens to you. And all of a sudden, everything changed and we just had to move with it. So you also learn from things like that, especially if they happen to you early in life, you learn to be nimble and you learn to think on your feet and you learn to figure out, okay, what the heck is next? Because as you and I were talking offline, there's always something next, especially these days. The pace of all that change has increased exponentially. And if you can't roll with it, you get rolled over by it. So it was a great learning experience, even though it was painful at the time. Wow. So I'm going to take a hard left and learn a little bit more about you. What's your favorite thing to do? My favorite thing to do is, other than playing the piano and guitar, one of which I do well, the other of which I am terrible at, despite repeated attempts to learn. My favorite thing to do is to help people craft messages and help them figure out how to take their business proposition and make it attractive to the people they're selling to. I love doing the marketing side of the business. It's really, really a passion. Got it. I'm sure you saw that early on in life. What were some of those moments when you realized that that was something that you enjoyed doing? Well, for 37 years, I was blessed to be married to an extremely talented graphic designer and typesetter. And I used to watch what Ellen did with just reams of type and make it into stuff that was completely and totally compelling. And I thought, wow, that's really interesting. I mean, I've always been a communicator. I did radio when I was in college. And so you sit in a booth, in my case, from eight at night until midnight, and you play records and you talk and you're in a studio by yourself. And so you have to understand the power that words have. And between the power that words have, which is something I learned early, I've always been a writer, and watching the graphic stuff that Ellen did, I thought, oh my gosh, what a great way to move people. If you think about memorable messages, I mean, you can think about something like the Apple Super Bowl commercial where the guy comes running down the aisle and throws a hammer into the screen and the screen shattered. They've only ever showed that commercial once. 
But anybody who was alive and watching the Super Bowl that year will remember that commercial as though it was yesterday. I thought, and I've always thought that's an amazing superpower to have. And it, it always interested me. And as we've gone on, I've had the opportunity to practice and, and to learn more about it. Now, before you mention a couple of things. So one of the things that I try to hit on a lot in this show is mindset and mentality and how you think about things and how you approach things. Now, I know you mentioned before you were married for 37 years. And today, actually, as we're recording this, is my 18th wedding anniversary. Oh, congratulations, man. Thank you. So I'm just curious, and if it's one of those things that you don't want to talk about, I understand. But talk about the passing of your wife, because I can't imagine. I don't have 37 years in, but I can't imagine something like that happening. How do you pick up the pieces and move on from something like that, both from a personal perspective and from a business perspective? Well, from a personal perspective, you do it one step at a time. And anybody who's ever been through the grieving process understands that. She passed away suddenly, and it was nine years ago. And you never put it behind you. It kind of always walks with you. And some days the shadow is bigger, and some days the shadow is smaller. But you move forward because that's what life is all about, and that's what you have to do. From a business standpoint, she handled all of my business stuff, all the financial stuff and all that stuff. I was kind of like, in the old days, they talked about when a husband died, a wife had no idea how to pay the bills or how to do the banking or where the accounts were. Well, that was me. But she was way better at handling money and that stuff than I am. And from that standpoint, I just had to teach myself. You just have to learn. I mean, you don't have a choice. I mean, your choice is you stand still and you stop or you put one foot in front of the other and you move forward. What I think it did for me was it helped me focus because I just thought, you know what? At the time, I was running a software company and doing marketing on the side. And I thought, you know what? What I want to do is marketing. And from now on, however much longer I'm on the earth, I just want to do the thing that makes me happy. And that's marketing and business development. So it changed me in a number of ways. You don't ever lose it. You just move forward a step at a time. Got it. So speaking of that, that's a really great answer, by the way. You take it a day at a time and a step at a time. What things motivate you? Motivation being a pulling force. What are some of those things that you look at as motivation? Well, for me, it's about creation and creativity. It's about talking to a client who maybe sells a particular kind of software and they've been in business for 20 years and they've been modestly successful or even very successful. And having that conversation to try to isolate them into kind of who is your client and what is their want. As you know, I'm a story brand certified guide. I'm a big fan of Don Miller and building a story brand. And so in that motif, we take clients and, and actually move them backwards so that they can then look forward with fresh eyes. And in the case of the software company, it became very apparent that what they were really selling and what their client really wanted was time. That they weren't selling software. The software was a means to an end. But their end user wanted time to build their business, to stop working in their business and work on their business, to be able to enjoy the fruits of their labor more with their families and whatnot. And so we crafted an entirely new campaign for them about what we sell as time. And we called them the Employee Benefits Time Machine. And that has resonated in a way and boosted their sales in a way that's very gratifying to me. So being able to help people take either stayed concepts or new concepts and figure out how do we go to market? What's the secret sauce there? What motivates a human being? I mean, I'm also a big fan of Daniel Kahneman, who wrote a, a terrific book called Thinking Fast and Slow. And in his research, what he sought to prove was that we all think as human beings that we make decisions with our prefrontal cortex. 
that everything that we do is rational. And in point of fact, we actually make decisions on an emotional level. We make decisions with the amygdala, with that some people call it the lizard brain or the prehistoric brain, where the fight or flight reflex is is located and, and those kinds of very primal, very basic instincts. And we've gotten very adept over the years at instantly rationalizing those with our prefrontal cortex. And so what I try to do again is help clients understand that there's an emotional component to a sales or a sales effort. And you have to craft a story and invite the client in in a way that they get emotionally attached to the story. And then you build relationships from there. So that kind of creativity is really what gets me going. After that, there's a lot of execution. Got it. Now, what inspires you? A well-told story inspires me. Music inspires me. I'm a recovering musician. And so music is always playing here and music will inspire me. Sometimes the thoughts just come out of the ether. But there's inspiration all around all of us. I think some of us think that folks who are creatives have a special kind of mojo that helps them become inspired. And in point of fact, that inspiration comes from inside. It can be triggered by outside things. And that's Kahneman's research again, right? You have some kind of an emotional response to something. You go, dude, that's it. That's what I've been looking for. But you have to have that. You have to have that emotional piece. And you also have to have what Kipling called insatiable curiosity. And it's that curiosity that keeps me inspired. I'm just interested in the world around and how people phrase things and why they phrase them that way and what resonates and what doesn't resonate and why you like a particular piece of artwork and I don't and how we perceive things differently. It's fascinating to me. Wow. Insatiable curiosity. That is fantastic. So a little story, I think it's from a, a collection of stories called The Jungle Book. And this was, uh, the story is called The Elephant's Child. And that's where that phrase insatiable curiosity comes from. Got it. Love it. So tell us about a transformational moment in your life, what I call a butterfly moment. It's when you went from being in a cocoon to being a beautiful butterfly. Well, I don't know that anybody would actually call me a beautiful butterfly, but I don't know that anybody would call me a butterfly. I'm much too large to be a butterfly. <laughs> so maybe a hummingbird, but. I think there have been a number of them. And if you're present in the moment, you try to take the things that happened to you, like the incident in El Salvador, like when we sold our third-party administrator and firm, and I was supposed to be on in a different capacity, and the next morning I got fired. And I mean, it was out of the blue. You have to take those things and you have to say to yourself, okay, this hurts. What am I going to learn from it? And how am I going to move forward? And as I mentioned earlier, I think for me, the biggest one was when Ellen passed away. I just decided that life was too short and that I was going to do something that I enjoyed. And I try every day to enjoy it as much as she enjoyed the work that she was doing. So loads of things happen around you. I mean, there's a a great book, author's name is escaping me, but it's called When God Winks. And there are all of these little things that go on in our life that we just shrug off as a coincidence, but they're not a coincidence. They're actually things that happen to us. And and if you're present in a moment, you go, okay, this is somebody giving me a wedgie and saying cosmically, pay attention to this, it matters. So I think we all have loads of those moments throughout our lives. The question is whether you're present in the moment, whether you're attuned to them, and whether you can then take those and actually make something useful out of it to propel you forward like a butterfly. Nice. That's a really good segue to my next question. If you had to take two or three minutes to teach us something, what would that be? Well, I'll go back to StoryBrand if I might. I think that all of us in one way or another are engaged in selling. 
when you talk to somebody about coming on the podcast, it's selling. When I talk to somebody about coming on my podcast, it's selling. All kinds of human reactions are selling. Now, oftentimes it's small s selling and sometimes it's uppercase selling. But here's the mistake that people who aren't successful in all of these kind of interactions, these verbal interactions and these printed interactions oftentimes miss. And I think it's the key to a lot of our communication. When you go to the movies or when you read a novel, they all follow a pretty staid format, rather. They're all based on story theory. So you have a main character, call it a hero if you prefer, and the hero wants something or doesn't want to lose something or both. And in the case of that hero, he or she doesn't know how to move forward. And they need a guide. And a guide appears and a guide says, hey, I understand your problem because I've been there before and I've actually solved this problem and I can help you solve the problem too. And the guide gives them a plan and a course of action and two calls to action. And if they follow that plan, they have the results they want. They either get what they want or they don't lose what it is they don't want to lose. Or as I said earlier, perhaps both. And that moment becomes transformative for them. The single biggest problem in my estimation, and this is also based on story theory and Don Miller's work, the single biggest problem is that salespeople, people who are trying to persuade other people, come into the conversation, build that story, if you will, and they come in and they think they're the main character. And main characters don't hire other main characters. So if you're talking to a CEO or a CFO or the president of a small business or whatever the case may be, they're always going to be the hero of their story. What you need to be is the guide. So you are more Yoda than Luke Skywalker. And if you don't remember anything else about how to get your message across, remember that. Be the guide. It's just three words, but it's incredibly powerful. And if you put yourself in that position and you change your messaging so that you're in that position, you will find all kinds of success with folks that you never thought you'd get through because as Zig Ziglar, who was an author and a teacher in the insurance industry, always said, you get what you want in life by helping other people get what they want. It's not, as a friend of mine said to me yesterday, it's not rocket surgery, you know, and it's not. Fantastic. Thank you so much for that. My pleasure. So as the old saying goes, David, time flies when you're having fun. We've come to the end of our conversation, but I don't want to let you go without you giving folks your contact information if they have more questions about StoryBrand, you, your background, your history, your knowledge, because you have a lot. How can they do that? Well, we're expanding the Shift Shapers brand, which as you know, because you were kind enough to be a guest on the podcast, is my podcast. And so the overarching company is called Shift Shapers Strategies. And if you want to reach out to me, you can reach me at david at shiftshapersstrategies.com. You can hit my cell phone at 803-586-5999. Or you can reach me through the website, which not coincidentally is shiftshapersstrategies.com. Awesome. So thank you so much, David. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Enterprisers, if you got value from that awesome conversation, let the world know by subscribing to the email list and leaving a review on your favorite podcast app. That helps us know that we're bringing you golden nugget field conversations with the most inspirational business owners. Reach out at podcast at enterprisenow.net with any feedback or questions for me or any of my guests. 
Thanks again, folks, and we'll talk with you guys next time. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.